You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 116 of the Inside Out Podcast. I'm here as always with Brent Kimball. Brent, we're almost done with the month of January, which feels like the strangest month of the year to me. It's feel hmm. like it's it's a new year, so there's kind of this feel of turning the page and some excitement, but it just it's just kind of cold and gray always and it's we're still in winter, you know? Still we barely got into winter. I know. I know. That's I, kind of the confusing complain. part with the Pacific Northwest. Winter feels like it comes sometime in early to mid November. And by the time you're out of the holidays, you want it to be spring. But it's by the time you get out of the holidays, it's been winter for a grand total of like 11 days. Yeah. So we're we're barely a month into the three-month winter season. So well, you, you need to change your mind on that. I don't know if I can, though, because it, when once Christmas is over and we, we have a, a little break there and then the new year is here, by the time I get settled into the new year, I realize... Easter Sunday is in like the 90-day window looking out. So it's like Christmas, Easter preparation. Yeah, and so much in between. Right. Well, I have a, an important question for you. I, I think we've we, we talked quite a bit about books on this podcast, things that we're reading, authors that we enjoy. But, but the buck stops here with the book conversation. We are... Meaning we're not going to have it for a while because I do, I do feel like we've talked about books quite a bit. We... We probably have, but I, that can't be helped. Okay, maybe I talked can. about green eggs and ham two Sundays ago. You did, yeah, you did. It's a very interesting book, and my six-year-old thinks so. He mm-hmm. he's learning to read, reading that book. Has he point. learned to not have irrational prejudice from reading green eggs and ham? Though that's the question, because what you're supposed to conclude at the end of that book is, I mustn't hold irration, irrational prejudice. Only time will tell. Okay, I don't know. I don't know, but um, here's this is a, maybe this is the last time we'll talk about books for a long time. It probably will be. So my question is this: um, I have I've heard this utilized on uh, the Five Minutes in Church History podcast by by a guy named Stephen Nichols. He asks his guest this question. This is a common game that people will play. It's a great uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah. I really like it. Um, so imagine this scenario. You have found yourself stranded on a desert island, but you can bring five books along with you. Now, the book you don't have to worry about is the Bible. It's there. The ESV study Bible is there. Oh, wow. Um, Very good. And let's say all of your Bible study tools. So this so you can you can adequately study the Bible. So talking commentaries and things like that, those don't have to be added to the to the list. The five books that you're taking with you, mm-hmm. what are they? Okay. Well, so I saw this in our task management software. So just so our audience, our vast listening audience, doesn't think I'm naming these books off the top of my head. I did contemplate this for a couple of minutes when I got into the office after lunch because that's when I saw it. I was like, oh, I better 
I better think about this for a moment. So I do have my list, and I have two honorable mentions as well. Okay. Because I couldn't quite decide. So the honorable mentions might actually they might actually take the place of one or two of these other ones. So we'll just see what happens. Okay. But, and especially because my first one I listed was literally, that's like the first one I thought of, and I'm not sure if it would be DQ'd because of what you just said about being able to have Bible study tools and such. Okay. But I got a, I got a more fundamental question. Um, why is this called a desert island? Or, or are we thinking it's a deserted island? Or is it both? Because I need to know if it's deserted. Like, am I all by myself? Or is it a desert island so it's really hot? I think that... Um, and did you mean to say <laughs> deserted or did you mean desert? I've heard both. Can't you say oh. both? Is, you can. Is, I'm just wanting to clarify. Man, it's almost like I should have known... Language is important here. Um, it's a deserted island. It's a are, deserted island. You are by yourself. I'm by myself. But you do okay. have amenities. You know, you can. Okay. You can have. Uh, is know. it a desert island? Because that wouldn't be a bad island to <laughs> no, be on. It would be a real treat. A desert be. island. <laughs> nice. It, now let's just maybe for this, the fun of the game. If you were to be stranded on a desert island, what is the one dessert that you would want to be on that island? Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think I'd go with, some call them a magic disappearing bar. Others call them like a seven-layer bar. Okay. Coconut, chocolate, Ooh. all of that good stuff mixed in. So that'd be mine. I don't but need to think let's about play that. your game. Okay. I know. I don't want to think about that either. Month of January, reset button's been pushed. <laughs> There's no sweets in my life in the month of January. And here we are talking about a dessert island. Back to the deserted desert island where we're reading books in the sweltering <laughs> heat of the day. <laughs> All right, so here's my books. Number number one is okay. It's called the Invitation to Biblical Interpretation: Exploring the Hermeneutical Triad of History, Literature, and Theology by Andreas Kostenberger. Oh, good. One of my favorite. Yes. One of my favorite authors, and I picked that one because it is a it's a reference book that I have in my library at home that is referenced on a semi-regular basis. It is a tremendous tool, and someday I want to read the whole thing. Hmm. But I'm afraid that I will not be able to read the whole thing, or I will choose not to read the whole thing until I'm on a desert, deserted island. Okay. Because there's too many other things to read and do. But it's a tremendous tool. Okay. So that's my first one. That's That's the first one I thought of. The rest of them I had to think about. Okay, that was the first one that came to your yep. mind. Yep. We're in different worlds when it comes to the first book that come, came okay. to our minds. Are you going to go for yours? These aren't necessarily yeah. in order for yeah, me. Yeah, no. I I mean, this one is definitely in order. The rest are pick and choose for okay. me. Um, I'm, I'm cheating. Three books in one. Oh. The Lord of the, the Rings Lord by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Like, it's that uh-huh. that good of a book. When I was in, when I first discovered it, like I was 13 years old and I went and watched the first movie and I went, this is mm. the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm. And we went to Costco immediately and got the paperback. Oh, you know, so you've read it, it more than once. I have read it. I used to read it twice a year when I was in junior high and high school. Wow. Like I was, so I've read it quite a bit mm. and then I read it a couple years ago out loud to the, to the boys, but it's just great. I mean, it's, mm. it's 
untouchable that's in my estimation as a work of fiction. Because that's the one thing I chose not to do is bring any sort of a storybook because after I've heard the story a time or two, I'm going to get bored with that story. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, why did I bring this book? So yeah. that's just my thought. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so number two for me is a book called Sophie's World by, I don't know if I'll pronounce, this person is from the Netherlands, I believe, uh, Justine Gardner. Gardner. Um, Sophie's World, that book is such an intrigue to me. It's written as if it's a, a dad telling his daughter a story. And in the midst of this story, it is he is giving a history of the philosophies of the world in mm. um, kind of in a chronological order in how they developed. And so I found that to be one of the most intriguing books. Um, it, and there's a twist at the end that you can't see coming. Um, nobody sees it coming. Mm. Like I don't think anybody in the wide world ever sees that coming at the end to where um, here's how cool it is. When I was doing my undergrad work, I took a philosophy class, and this was one of the books that we had to read. And the philosophy teacher was kind of a funny guy, good guy, a good, good instructor as well. And you had to do the work in class, but he, this is the challenge he said. Um, he said, if you read this book and can answer my question, one question, at the end of the class, at the end of the, you know, whatever the semester was, then you will get an A. Okay. You still had to do the other work, but if you could answer the question, you would get an A, which meant you had to read the book. If you, if you, like, you're never going to guess the answer to the question. Yeah. The book, it's in the book, okay. right? And so, um, so anyway, that, that was a challenge enough for me. I'm like, well, I love to read books. I like philosophy. And so... I'm all I'm all in for the A. So that was a fun one. So that's my number, that's my second book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we do this back and forth? Sure. My number one, your number one. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, second for me is I mean, we should have compared lists before we did this. But hmm. Maybe it's part of the fun of it. It is. The Cross of Christ by John Stott. Ah. Is one of my top five. I read that book five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually when I'm done with the books, I don't have a problem highlighting in them and marking them up. And I do my best to transfer those highlights into a note taking program. I don't always, um, complete it for every single book because sometimes there's just not enough time to do things like that. Mm -hmm. But I knew I wanted to do it for Stott's book. And (laughs) I think it took me. It took me quite a few hours to log all of those highlights because it is a 350-some page book, but there's just so much great content there that it's 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 a worthwhile book. Even if you say, you know what, I'm not a, a big reader, that's a great book just to have to, to read a couple pages every now and then because it'll just really, really encourage your soul and so that was that's second on my list. Mm. It is a, a glorious book, comprehensive. John Stott was a mastermind. No, with you know, it, it, it is like the 
it's like the quintessential book on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on my list. That's in my top five. So again, mine aren't in any order, but the cross of Christ is listed as number five on okay. my list. So that's, that's that cats out of the bag. So we got w- one of our three is okay. a match. So well, that's good. cool. Next for me, would it be me next? Yeah. Okay. Next for me would be Aesop's fables by Aesop. Okay. Yes. Those fables, while simple, are very fun, and um, and they all as simple as they are, they're also profound. So I love Aesop's fables. I have not read that before. How about that? Yeah. This is just giving me ideas. Yeah, they sell them every. They sell that book every day, okay. every single day. You could buy that book. They don't take a break. No. Okay. Aesop's fables. All right. That's my number three. All right, uh, third one for me is uh, is going to be Pilgrim's Progress by John uh, Bunyan. Mm. It's just too much of a classic to not put on my list. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, there's not much else to say about it. I think it's the second best-selling book behind the Bible. Mm, probably, yeah. Is what I what John I Bunyan, say. yeah, that's and a cra- crazy good story. That's for sure. The more you the more you know about John Bunyan, I just think. The better that story story gets. So yeah, if you yeah, want to he, know about John Bunyan, just go listen to Heroes of the Faith podcast, the episode on Bunyan. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Everything, yeah, that's a great. One of the things people don't realize about John Bunyan is he did he wasn't for he had no formal education. Yeah, and so for him to understand these deep truths in a to to a degree that he could then. Uh, Put them in the in a story form like that mm-hmm. is really remarkable. Yeah, it's it reminds me of C.S. Lewis in the Screw Tape Letters, where he understands um, human nature and spiritual warfare to a depth that he could put it into a story form like that, where Screw Tape is working with wormwood to manipulate human affairs and human thinking it's it's i know i i think i overuse the word profound but it really like there these are works of art yeah in literary form so yeah john bunyan's pilgrim's progress that's a good one on the list i like it it just reminds these guys understood these things in such a comprehensive way it reminds me of actually a conversation i had with with Matt Barnett years and years ago mm. when I went down to, I was going down to Vancouver to be a children's pastor. And Matt at the time was the children's pastor here with City Point Church. And mm-hmm. so I, I was, I sat down, took him to coffee and I said, tell me all the secrets, you know, everything I need to know. And he kind of said that exact same thing of, if you want to teach to children, you've got to understand every single facet of of this topic that you're covering so you can communicate it with with clarity and that's what these guys were doing is that they understood these things so well that they were able to creatively express them in a way that the rest of us can could understand and grasp a hold of so that's number three for me that's good that's really good um okay so for me number four and i'm already debating this (laughs) because of my honorable mentions but I will mention my honorable mentions shortly. But my, what I have here, number four, is Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven. Hmm. 
And the reason I put that on the list, one, it's a tremendously good book, and again, a comprehensive book on the subject. But the reason I put it on there is I'm on a deserted island, desert island, and I'm like, I want to have my mind filled with the things that I get to look forward to. Because okay. at some point, I'm at some point I'm going to cease to exist on that island. Yes. And then I'm going to, then I'm going on to to heaven, and I want my mind filled with the things that I get to experience there. While I'm I'm thinking I'm probably there's some elements of suffering and in um, perseverance needed on this desert deserted island yeah so i want heaven in my on my list that's good i have that book on my bookshelf i have not read it yet oh i I need to i need to get a hold of it i shied away from it for i had it on my bookshelf for a couple years on the uh, bookshelf that's for the books that i own but haven't read yet that's the title of that bookshelf books that i own but haven't read yet bookshelf and um I had it on my on that shelf for a couple of years, and I shied away from it because it's a large book. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not shying away from large books, but on that on that one singular topic. Right. I thought to myself, how much could be said? That feels like um, you know. I, I'm uh, it bothers me when somebody repeats themselves in a book over and over and over. Yep. And so I'm thinking, man, this some of Randy Alcorn's other books are nice and concise, mm-hmm. short to the point. He's a great author. But that one just, I was just like, what? Boy, am I glad I finally picked it up. That is a really, really solid book. Yeah. Isn't that something? That book sits on your Tubi Red shelf for however long, and now you have it in your my top five. Top five. Yeah. Top yeah. five. Good. So that was number four? That's four for me. So you've given us five. Yeah. So you I, already know my fifth. Five. So now you got to give. Uh, well, I got to hear mentions. yours. What's so number, your? number four for me. I needed so I need a healthy dose of, of biography. So the top one that I'm going to is Bonhoeffer by Eric Metaxas. Mm-hmm. Um, not much again needs to be said about that book, but it's so incredible to see people's normal, flourishing, happy lives thrown into chaos. I mean, Bonhoeffer, the picture that's painted is this idyllic German family. They're singing together in the living room and just this just happy upbringing and his life is on track and then all of a sudden things just go sideways in the nation and this could be said I and mean, there's so many accounts in nazi germany and, and all over the world of this exact sort of same story of people who are thrown into chaos and to see how they respond and specifically to see how he responds to it is just so heartening for me to read and encouraging for me to read and and it's got the book has a good amount of content from some of, of his works, so the cost of of discipleship and and life together, which in themselves are incredible books. But I, I picked that one because it's got bits from those those books fused into a biography of of him. So Bonhoeffer by Metaxas is my fourth one. Number five. I'll give my my number five. I one of my favorite periods to read about would be. 19th century American history, mm-hmm. specifically the American West. So I chose for my fifth book a book called Dreams of El Dorado, A History of the American West by an author named H.W. Brands. And one of the reasons I love it is because each chapter is dedicated to a specific subject or story. So you get to hang out with a certain character or group of people for 
just long enough and then you jump into uh, learning about somebody else and it gives you a chance to kind of zoom in to a specific story or situation and then kind of zoom back out and look at the bigger picture approach to things and so just learned a ton of incredible things and it just fills you with appreciation for so many of these these people and the things that they went through and just kind of the uh the spirit of the American people in that time was was pretty pretty incredible. So that would be my my fifth book. I gotta have some some history in there. Gotta have some biography in there. So lay on us your honorable mentions. You said you had two. Yeah, my honorable mentions are *Mere Christianity* by C.S. Lewis. I find that to be an exceptional book. Um, you have to put your thinking cap on yes. when you're reading that book, which is partly why I like it so much. But Lewis is a, a genius for sure. So I like that one. And then this is an old-timey book here called The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. And that book is, that book is poetry mm. that um, is really insightful in the Christian life and will help a person along um, uh, bit by bit. Yeah. And it's a source of inspiration and challenge. It will, it will encourage you and it will correct you and rebuke you all in a couple of, um, all in just a couple of paragraphs or strophes. Okay. Yeah. So Stanzas. That's on my to be to be purchased list. Thomas Akempis. That yeah, oh. the Imitation of Christ. Yeah. I actually purchased it from Amazon. Amazon sometimes is such a roll of the dice with some of these older books because I ordered this, the Imitation of Christ. It was five dollars, and I thought great, and it came in the mail, and it was the size of a songbook. So like, think your computer, <laughs> like. And it's not that long of a book, so it was just the weirdest format of thing. I'm going, <laughs> I can't read this. It's like a magazine for crying out loud. So I returned it, and I have not, have yet to find a copy that is is uh, book size and actually readable. So that's, that's interesting. I'll, I'll keep my eyes open open for that. So those are your two honorable mentions. Yep. But that you know, I mean, if I had a a day to think about it, that might be. Um... That might be something I would. I'd change up a few things here or there, but for the for the few moments, I think those are reasonable, reasonable answers. Reasonable answers could be subject to change. We'll see what the future holds. But as we kind of begin to shift a little bit and close out this podcast, we met this past Sunday night as a church and had a special members meeting where we gave some updates regarding our Building for the Future initiative. Brent, can you give us an update as to what took place in that meeting this past Sunday night? Yeah, we all we got together, just wanted to share as a congregation um, where we're at in the process. It was, a, it was a really, I think, good meeting. The atmosphere was, was great. People were eager to know. They were in, you know, they were definitely being thoughtful. Questions were um, more intelligent questions. People are are interested. So that was great. And it was, the auditorium was full. So I was happy about that, that people care about these things. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, the bottom line is we're four, four and a half years away from being able to build a building on that McLaughlin property if everything goes well. And given that time frame, uh, the, the, um, 
the direction that our elders are are asking the church to consider going is to say, um, let's let's f- practice some agility and f- let's find something else. Let's look for something else, uh, whether that becomes a longer term permanent space or whether it's just the next thing before we get to uh, the developments of of uh, McLaughlin. That that's yet to be seen, but but we need. We've got some real limitations here, as grateful as we are for this uh, facility. We do have some real limitations, and so we should consider options, and that's where we're at. And so that's why we had the meeting, informational meeting only, and, um, and then we called another meeting February 5th, so two weeks for people to, to process, to pray. Uh, we even called people to fast. And to say, um, on the 5th, we'll give whatever updates that we can, and then we're going to take a vote as a congregation. We have been committed in giving toward the McLaughlin property, uh, that building specifically. And so for us to change directions, it seems right. It's what the Proverbs call right, just, and fair. Mm-hmm. It seems right, just, and fair for the congregation to vote to pivot away from that and make some, you know, some uh, tactical decisions uh, regarding our near future. And so we'll vote on the 5th. And um, in the meantime, fasting and praying. Fasting and praying for sure. 